0: reading and hearing all sorts of conflicting information about AI, artificial intelligence, and wondering what impact that might have on you? Well, welcome to AI for Creatives, a podcast by creatives for creatives, connecting you to the world of AI, Web3, blockchain, and beyond. Join our hosts, Camila Sanders and Nova Lorraine, as we explore new ways AI empowers creatives and highlight leading industry innovators utilizing amazing new tools to pave the way for our future. Get inspired and educated by fellow creatives revolutionizing the industry and exemplifying new ways to gain creative independence and sovereignty. We aim to preserve humanity in this fast-evolving digital world and creatives are a powerful force to do that. Be a part of the conversation as we take the reins of AI and shape a positive narrative for our future.
1: Welcome to another episode of AI for Creatives, where we explore the intersection of AI, creativity, and its impact on humanity. I am your host, Nova Lorraine, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Camilla. Camilla. (laughs) I always get to singing when I'm I'm introducing you, and you make me happy. (laughs) Um, So for today's episode, we're going to be diving into fashion and AI, and we're going to look at its impact on the retail sector in terms of how we as consumers are going to see it changing how we shop in stores but then also we're going to look at how brands are using it behind the scenes and how that could potentially lead to a um, i don't know a change as it as it relates to sustainability and then we're going to discuss well what about independent fashion designers and creators and what does that landscape look like so as a designer and having been in the industry for A Million Moons. I'm really excited about this episode. What about you, Camilla?
0: Oh, I'm super excited because this touches on everything that I've done. Like, yeah, I'm super excited to get into this topic. Of course, it has to do with fashion, but you know the many years that I've spent into retail and kind of looking at the back-end business side and marketing, um, this all has to do with that. So I am super excited to talk about this amazing well
1: before we dive into the fashion aspect and what AI is is doing as it relates really to shaping the industry what's new what are you doing I know you recently launched your podcast yes. um how's that going
0: oh man it's it's going great actually and there's so many people to talk to and things to talk about I'm so super excited it's it's actually interesting and fun to find these different brands. It's like now that you're <laughs> that I'm looking for people to interview, it's like, oh, well, this brand's using technology or this brand is sustainable. Mm-hmm. Or, this. I mean, it's just there's so many people working in, in the space and it's like just I'm enjoying going down this rabbit hole and working with people and connecting to people uh,
1: using these different technologies for
0: social impact.
1: Yeah, I love that. And it's fashion futurist. Yes. Fashion Futurist. Okay, great. So on all your major players, guys, Fashion Futurist, definitely check that out. And in terms of me, I have – oh, there's some – so, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll share a little bit of this. So I just finished filming the pilot for a new TV project I'm working on and that was a ton of fun. Uh, It was all day, uh, but we lots of laughs and we have a great team. So uh, shout out to Bobby Nastassi, Sage Littlejohn, Murray Blayhart, and that helped bring the details and behind the scenes together. And so, yeah, there were many more on set that um, if you were on set, Thank you, thank you, (laughs) if I didn't mention your name specifically. So that's something I'll continue to share as we move forward. Uh, And the other thing that I'm really excited about is a book that will be released later this year that I'm working on, which is a snapshot of where we are in the history of fashion as relates to how emergent technology is impacting the future of fashion. And so that book, uh, which is called Fashion AI in the Digital Age, of fashion uh, will be coming out later this year and uh, we'll be seeing more and more announcements around the book. So um, if you guys are following me on social, uh, especially LinkedIn and Twitter, uh, Nova Lorraine, uh, you'll be able to keep up with that book as well. So that's what I've been up to outside of you know coming off of a few weeks of travel and uh, speaking at NFT NYC um that was really really great and the event that Rain magazine did with Creator Nations supporting that event that was wonderful so near chorus shout out to you for putting on an incredible event as usual and yeah that's that's the latest with me exciting <laughs> all right now let's do this so for those that are anxiously waiting to hear more about fashion and AI, and let's let's first just set the groundwork so we can see why should people care? You know, obviously you're listening to this podcast, you have an interest and an intrigue on how we're going to be impacted by this technology, but let's look at the numbers. The AI market size is projected to reach $1.394 trillion, and I'll just repeat that, $1.394 trillion by 2029. That's not that far away. And that's reported by Fortune Business Insights. So that's why we should care. <laughs> it's, it's a big market. And then the global fashion and clothing industry is one of the largest industries in the world valued at $1.5 trillion as of 2021. Again, a trillion dollar market. So the fashion industry, you know, combined with The AI market, we're looking at a pretty huge intersection. And according to AI multiple, the global market sector for AI just a few years ago was 270 million. So you could see how quickly it's growing. 2018 at 270 million and 2029, not even 10 years later, we're looking at 1.3 trillion. And then it's expected to grow to 4.4 billion as it relates to the fashion sector. So, and I'm just going to make a, a quick correction. The $270 million, uh, as of 2018 was in the fashion sector, not global market size for AI, but the fashion sector, and that's looking to grow to $4.4 4 in just a few years in 2027. So again, just about nine years later, we're going from the millions to the billions, just as it relates to AI and fashion. So what do you think about that, Camilla.
0: I think that's amazing because then, then the question is like, how is the fashion industry using AI and what does this mean for anyone from a large brand to a smaller brand or an individual designer, like, or even, you know, everyday citizens, how is this going to impact you? Or actually, how is it impacting you now? Because these companies are using AI and they've been using AI. So yeah, let's talk about that.
1: Well, let's talk about the retail sector. We all still shop, and, you know, even though some of us do a lot of shopping online, we're still going into stores. And so I think that's a, a great place to start as it relates to, well, how is the fashion industry using AI? And And we can, you know, most people can relate to going into a physical store at some point or another and then in the future. So some of the things that the retail sector is doing is using ai to remove cashiers from behind the cash register and moving towards cashierless checkouts and stores and a few years ago there was a buzz around amazon stores and and them putting that out there i haven't seen any amazon stores yet in my local area i have seen one or two when i travel around the country I haven't been in one yet and i know there's a chain in denver a supermarket chain, a small private supermarket that's uh, rolling out these cashless stores as well. But other than that, I haven't seen it in a lot of places. But I have a feeling that with these numbers and these projections, we're going to see more and more retailers adopting this as it relates to the cashless checkouts in in a more profound way. Because when I go to the supermarket, I can check myself out by running the products along the conveyor belt and then bagging my own goods. But now we're literally going to just put our products in a basket or a recyclable bag and walk out of the store and not even stop to do that traditional checkout. So that's one way that we're going to see fashion impacted, you know, if we're looking at clothing. Imagine going into your favorite boutique or your favorite department store and just putting a bunch of stuff in a bag and just walking out.
0: (laughs) Sounds Interesting. <laughs> I mean, I have seen that where you can kind of just scan as you go and then you can, you know, leave, you know, maybe like in a grocery store or something. And then my old retail brand goes back to, well, how do you do um, thinking about inventory control? I'm thinking about, you know, we always, you know, you're trained to watch for people shoplifting. So how does that, how do you, how do you kind of mitigate those mm, risks with yeah. it? And I guess it depends on the store, you know?
1: Right. And then of course there's technologies that allow for sensors to be in the basket that's tracking that. And you would be connecting your credit card or possibly your digital wallet, you know, and if it's digital currency and, you know, to the account, whatever account you have with the store. And so all of that, as you're putting it in the basket, it's Ringing it up on your card, and it probably doesn't happen until you exit the store. So it gives yeah. you the flexibility, yeah. Uh, to good, because
0: I'm yeah. way too indecisive for, I mean, <laughs> for it to do that. So yes, that's good.
1: Yeah. So I would. It's with the combination of your smart apps, your Internet of Things, your sensor fusion, the basket cameras, and I I have to mention this also because there's some pros and cons with this. The thousands of cameras that will be also installed in the store to allow for the data to be collected and analyzed through the AI. And this is going to allow us to just take something off the shelf, put it in a bag and leave and not stop and talk to anyone. Or maybe there'll be, you know, a human still at the exit to say bye and someone at the entrance <laughs> to say hi. But through AI, we're going to see retail be revolutionized really you know, as it relates to at least a checkout experience.
0: Yeah, I think that's interesting because there's so many different shoppers. Some people, they know what they want. They're just coming in and they're getting it. They don't even want to talk to anyone, (laughs) which is fine. But then there's other people that actually want to know, like, what color goes with this or what color goes or what does this go with? So they want to have more of a conversation. So I think it helps to maybe free up that person that wants to have that conversation And it frees up the person that's working there to have that conversation with people versus people that don't necessarily want to have a conversation. Um, And then as you were talking about all those cameras in the store and scanning, you know, one of the things is the inventory control, right? So if you can see, oh, this particular style, there's none left on the floor, well, I mean the biggest thing in retail is like you can't sell what's on what's not on the floor. So it'll send an alert and say, "Okay, we need to get more of this out on the floor or it's going to sell in this way and we need to display things in another way." So it's really it, it is optimizing the retail experience, making it better for the customer and also the store owner. Um but like you said, thousands of cameras, you know, is is that questionable for, you know, kind of just your own privacy.
1: Mm, yeah. And, you know, we we do like to talk about ethics on this show. And I feel that, yes, for the brand, for the retailer, you know, you need the cameras for the technology to work. But is this something that the customer is aware of when they walk in the store? Do they even have a choice? Will they have a choice? Obviously, if you know ahead of time that this is a cashierless checkout experience, that there are cameras that are, you know, potentially watching your every move, so to speak, you could choose not to shop that way. But if most stores move in this direction, then what? Is there an opt-in? And how do we not how do we avoid bias as it relates to these some of these systems as well? So that's something I think is going to come up in conversation more. And going back to your point about inventory control. If you ever worked in retail, which I have, and I've also owned a retail store in the past. So I can appreciate anything that can facilitate inventory control. And what's interesting that I find is that the AI, the AI is going to help with telling the retailer what is needed, how many items will be needed of that particular SKU, what time To put that particular item on the floor, like what's going to be an optimized sale based on the time of day, even then we have at what cost. And hopefully that would work in the consumer's (laughs) advantage. Where if the AI is tracking, oh, at this price, let's say at $38, it stays in the basket or the bag or the cart, but at $39.99, 39.99 it goes back on the rack. So that's really interesting. And then we're looking at the layout, there's the visual experience changing based on AI. And you know, again, if we are the, if the consumer is the target and optimizing our experience then that would mean that we have a better user experience at the end of the day. And then the forecasting as it relates to when to order and how much to order what to keep on the shelves when the sh- or or the racks when the racks are are low okay the retailer gets notified so more shirts or or more to- or tops are are placed back on the rack or the shelf so this is all coming down the pike and again you know shopping in stores have become boring you know for most stores they've taken advantage you know taken for granted the customer coming in every day day in and out and with online shopping and thanks to, you know, being um, locked down for a period of time where we were forced to shop online, retailers have to reinvent themselves and bring people back out. And And what I look forward to are more immersive experiences where you're using the AI in conjunction with AR, VR, you know, three-dimensional immersion You know, maybe at home or in the store. So these are things when they come together that could be really exciting from the consumer standpoint as well and not just the retailer.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit because one of the use cases that I'm really interested in is virtual try on technology that uses AI to kind of create a digital version of that clothing and then it can scan your body and. Show you like exactly how it will fit on your body, so that's kind of the virtual try-on. I imagine that that could be in retail, but you, I mean, since it's digital, you could use a mirror anywhere, right? That would right. have that that type of technology, or even a you know a website anywhere that would have that type of technology. So, I think being able to you know try it on without doing that much effort and actually seeing something that's more realistic. It really does help um, as far as, you know, deciding what you want to wear. But then also, you know, it's always like this balance between privacy and data and personalization because we want everything to be personalized, Mm -hmm. but it takes data to do that. So with artificial intelligence, you know, another thing is kind of bringing in that data that's personalized for the customer saying, you want this certain color. You want this certain cut. You want this certain fabric. And then AI being able to personalize this search and bring it back to you and say, hey, here are all the things that <laughs> that would fit your description mm-hmm. of what you want. And that's really advantageous for specific brands because sometimes I'll look for I have something in my head. I know what cut looks great. I know what type of materials I want. I know what colors look great. But like searching for it online is... <laughs> Is like, oh, sometimes man. it, yeah, and even searching for it in a mall or, you know, a store or something like that. But if AI can help to connect people with better experiences, then I really feel like it's, it's a time saver. But then it's also, you know, I always think, I know we're going to talk about sustainability, but I always think like it's connecting people to clothing that I know I'm going to love more because I know what fit looks good on me. I know, you know, this is a material that I want. And if I can find something like that instead of having to settle for something Mm -hmm. else, Mm -hmm. then that's, I mean, that's, I think that's a perfect use use case for
1: it. Absolutely. And it's also empowering, right? Like I grew up having issues finding bottoms that would fit me well. You know, when you're wearing a pant and there's this big gap between your back and the waist, that's, that's not cute. (laughs) <laughs> okay. And so um that's been an issue and so with AI and personalizing fit may it be through virtual try-ons in the store or through apps at home where you have an avatar and the avatar is a generic avatar so it doesn't have your personal you doesn't have your face or anything like that but it has the uh, the app has the ability to to capture your measurements your body measurements and Attach that to a design from a particular uh, retail wardrobe, closet, inventory, rack, whatever, and put that on your avatar. And then you can see what that looks like and say, hmm, okay, I like that color. I like that print. And then there's the physical mirror aspect where you're standing in front of a mirror and you can see it on your body through an augmented way, which which I think is also empowering. And then you touched on sustainability as an area that we're going to talk about. And I think this is a great segue because virtual try-ons is going to prevent waste. You know, when you are buying something and it's being shipped to your house and it doesn't fit, which is the worst, like one of the reasons why I do not like online shopping is it time to be going back to the post office or UPS or wherever you have to return that. But sometimes it never gets returned and it doesn't get worn. So that's that's wasteful, you know. And then you have the personalization aspect. If it's made for you and it makes you feel good, you're going to wear it more and you're going to feel better in it. And again, that's going to lead to less waste. I think other areas that we should touch on as it relates to sustainability include material selection. So as brands are producing these garments, they are selecting what fabric this style is going to be, what's going to be best for this style and matching fabrics together. Well, now you can match the most sustainable fabric with that style. So you're not compromising the style and you're increasing impact as it relates to sustainability. And then that impact can also get woven into other areas of the supply chain which will reduce water consumption reduce electricity that's being used to produce some of these garments and then could you imagine if you had an app you know I'm just putting it out there if it hasn't if it's not done yet but what if I had an app on my phone I have let's just say these pair of jeans cuz most people can imagine what jeans can be recycled into and I take a picture of my jeans and I press a couple buttons and out comes three or four designs that I can upcycle or recycle my denim in. And so if it's the if it's the brand that's using the app that's allowing these new styles to be produced through AI, or the consumer at home that likes to upcycle their clothes, that's really cool. So now you're facilitating recycling and upcycling through ai and so yeah i i love how not only can we see the optimization from an empowerment standpoint in terms of how we feel about what we're wearing but then the impact that can make in terms of reducing waste and then in a sense creating or increasing creativity as it relates to that that example i just shared
0: Yeah. And I want to say like, it's like at the tip of my tongue, there is a designer that helps to like, helps people to upcycle. I mean, people upcycle all the time, but like kind of pairing that to the technology, like you said, just like take a picture and then we'll send it to us and we'll create this design for you. That is definitely good. And I do want to give a couple of examples, like now that you're talking about taking that picture of the clothing. So there is a company called ThreadUp, and basically they have an inventory of re- uh, not reused clothes, right? <laughs> clothes that people give that have already been worn, and they're, you know, kind of selling it, like kind of like an online thrift store, right? But they use AI to scan the clothing, and it can tell, like, how old it is, how much it's been worn, and then it can assign a value to it. And then it also uses AI so that when you're searching on their site, they it can help to locate that particular type of clothing that you mm-hmm. are looking for and give you those options. There's also, so we talked about a little bit about how we're doing the personalization within the fashion industry. And there's a company called Stitch Fix. You might have heard of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically they send a box of clothing to a customer, but they also use artificial intelligence because They are taking from a number of data points, so they allow the customer to choose kind of like what they like, what they don't like. I think they use your Pinterest board and different types of data to predict what different clothing that you like. But the interesting thing about what they do is that now that this AI has predicted it, a stylist will come in, look at what the AI has thought of, and then it will, you know, select from some of those things or maybe bring in something. So it's kind of like an aid to the actual person that is a Mm -hmm. stylist. And from there, they send it to you. So, you know, it's a, it's a way, like you said, to kind of get that, that more personalized clothing, but then also it's it helps to make sure that you're actually gonna like the clothes that are sent to you because you know returns is is a huge thing, like you said, whether you are you end up not returning it because it's past the date and you have nothing to do with this clothing because you can't wear it or you end up returning it, and then that's the whole process within itself for a retailer,
1: yeah, those are great use cases, and you know as I'm thinking some others that come to mind around uh, like design, you know, fashion design, we are touching, we're, we're talking a lot about the supply chain aspect, but producing the designs, we have a company called Zalando working with Google and they've created Project Muse. And what this is, is a machine using machine, machine learning to create designs, fashion designs. And so I was trained at the Fashion Institute of Technology, AKA FIT New York, and we would get assignments to create collections. And sometimes we we're pushed to you know, take one design and, and push it to a hundred other designs. And then if you're working for a larger brand as a fashion designer in-house, you are creating dozens and dozens and dozens of looks off of one inspiration. Well, Project Muse <laughs> with the help of Google has created 40,000, more than 40,000, actually 40,424 designs in just one month using AI. And so we're seeing companies enable the design process with AI. And again, we can touch on some pros and cons of that, but then also manufacturing. And we touched on personalization. We touched on the matching materials, you know, to the right design, but then you can also match the I, the design to the right machinery to make the production process more efficient. But then also you can use it for pattern production as well, like creating the actual molds that are being turned into those designs. And then last but not least, trend forecasting. And again going to trade shows there are companies that this is what they do they put together these really you know thick reports on what are the trends colors silhouettes fabrics prints etc for brands to use a few years out and now you can do that predictive analysis through ai and taking that a step further you can take your designs as a brand or as a designer to your community and have your community tell you what they want not just what the general global fashion market is saying you know in terms of green is going to be popular or or orange is going to be fall's hottest color your community may not like green or orange and so now you can do predictive analysis and trend forecasting within your community as a retailer and or as a designer.
0: Yeah, I think that's so interesting, because it's really in that pre production phase. So it's eliminating the need to go through the whole sampling process to go through, you know, actually creating this clothing and then putting it out there and not knowing whether it's going to sell or not. Like you can actually create the clothing digitally, and then put it out there. And you can Go off of those trends that the trend forecast and say, okay, well, maybe I'll take this and I'll, you know, kind of put it toward my, you know, at, use it as an inspiration toward my style or to, toward my brand and then put it out there to see what your customers would like. So I think, I think it's a good tool. I have like a love hate relationship with trend forecasting because honestly, that's great for these big brands that are just mass producing. But I feel like when you're talking about the individual designer, like they're really thinking of things and inspired just by the street, you know, people that are like every day that are, I'm just going to come up with this design and this is what I'm going to wear, you know? And this is not, you can't predict that. Like that's not, that's that's not something that you can predict. It's a creative process.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I also, personally, as I design, I don't like using trend forecasting tools. And because I do feel that what we wear is reflecting how we're feeling at this very moment. And sometimes that changes radically. And we saw what happened in 2020. And fashion is a way of telling history and showing the sentiment of the communities around the world. And it is a tool of communication for us. And it also, from a designer perspective, an artist perspective, there are so many things that can influence us from moment to moment. You know, I was just in New York. And just before that, I was in Miami. And before that, I was in Paris. And there were different things that I took from each trip that gave me inspiration for something new. And that's something that AI can't do. And, you know, as it relates to trend forecasting or or prediction, but I think it is amazing as a designer and I want to find a more sustainable factory or manufacturer or sample house, and there's a database that can match my preferences with a particular sustainable, you know, uh, production facility. That's awesome all day long. Right. And so, you know, speaking of designers and independent designers, I think we should take a Closer look at well, how are independent designers going to be impacted? You know, this is a show about creatives. We've touched on some general areas as relates to fashion retail and production and supply chain. And now we're, you know, moving into the independent designer and creator. And how will AI impact us as creatives? You know, will we be replaced? We see that we have companies that are using AI to create. 40,000, you know, just to say tens of thousands, I'm sure everyone isn't doing 40,000, but even in thousands of designs within a very short amount of time, where does that leave the design teams of today? And how does the independent designer compete? What are your thoughts there, Camilla?
0: Wow. I mean, I think... I think a lot of the process, and I mean, you can tell me more if you agree with this, but I think, you know, the process as a independent designer, I don't, I definitely don't think that um, they will be replaced because just, I mean, it's, it's also like a very personal thing. Like you said, it's almost as if art, it's almost art that is reflected in our different experiences With what we create as a designer, right? And so you're creating something just from your head. And even when you work with customers, no matter, like maybe some people will like the virtual try on thing and things like that, but there's going to be this collaboration sometimes when you work with the designer and you say, hey, this is how I want to look. This is how I want to feel. Can you create a garment like this? Especially when you're talking about personalized and individual garments that you kind of feed off of each other and create this look, right? And I don't yeah. think that that's something that AI can do. Like there's there's definitely ways that a human cannot be replaced. I mean, you as a designer, what do you think about that?
1: Well, I think, you know, and just touching on some of the things I mentioned earlier, inspiration comes from everywhere. And the machine machine learning tools are pulling from data points that already exist. And it's not with me as I'm walking and traveling or conversing. You know, if I have a conversation with you and we're talking about lemonade, for example, and, and oh, have you ever tried strawberry lemonade? And maybe that becomes an inspiration for a collection for me. And I'm now looking for textiles that have a similar feel to the, the peel of a lemon, you know, or, or the skin of a strawberry. That's something that AI isn't going to give me based on trends. And so I think our imagination as designers is still our biggest asset. And then I also feel that through some of the solutions that we mentioned earlier, we're going to see new roles created and companies are going to need more creative personnel to drive the machines, to communicate with the machines so they get better input. Maybe you don't need 40,000, maybe you only need 40, and they're the most amazing designs ever because the person behind the tool is so creative or they have such an amazing vision to direct the tool in a way where you're optimizing even the output that's being given So I feel that we're going to see a lot of independent designers be brought into companies as creative directors, as artistic directors, you know, helping guide and shape the algorithm of the AI, and then also utilizing their storytelling skills. Because if if we are leveling the playing field with brands that can implement these technologies, what's going to set them apart? So now – you are, you know, let's say 80% of the market are using these AI tools. What's going to allow you to allow a consumer to come to you over another. So everyone's offering personalization. Everyone's offering on demand production. Everyone's offering, you know, a more immersive experience. It's gonna now come down to the imagination of the storytellers and the artists that are on your team, creating those experiences, creating those designs. And, and so if everyone can put out 40,000, well, 40,000 is just 40,000, you know, garbage in, garbage out. So now it's going to come down to the talent of the creative team and the imaginations of who's on the teams. And I think this is where fashion designers can shine in a whole new way. But then on the production side for independent designers, what the AI does, it allows us to better communicate with our customer. It lowers the barrier of entry as it relates to cost of production. So we can more easily produce the, the designs in, an, in a less expensive, more efficient, faster way to get that to the customer. So now we can actually compete with some of these bigger companies. And then for a while, I think we're going to outpace them because we we are more agile and more nimble and have the freedom to create without the restrictions of what a larger infrastructure will bring. So personally, I feel no, AI is not going to replace the fashion designer. I think it starts with knowledge and awareness. And if we're aware of the tools and we can choose to use them or not, that's up to us. But now we can see where it can optimize what we're already doing but then also how it can set us apart. You may choose to be that bespoke designer that only does hand-drawn paintings that become handmade garments, and that's how you differentiate yourself, and that's okay. But now you realize your differentiation within the market due to where the market's going based on automation.
0: Yeah, so basically it's going to make it easier for the local designer if they choose to work with ai or when they choose to work with ai because you mentioned like maybe you want to design something that looks like a lemon peel well now you can use ai to actually find that material that might look like that and find materials that not only look like that but are also sustainable so like pairing ai with the local designer like you said can help you move faster and can help you to just ha- use that tool to kind of put yourself out there. So I love it. You know, I'm all about the local designers. So, that's right. So that's you know what you just said. I'm like that's so empowering because you know we can use AI to to really amplify what you're already doing, but not necessarily replace your imagination.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And it's exciting to me both on the creative side. Of things and then being able to more efficiently produce because I do more higher end garments, which are just expensive to create the sample alone. And then if the material doesn't work, or the fit doesn't work, you know, then you're starting all over. And, and if you're working with couture, that's a very extensive process. And so I'm excited about what the tools can do. but I'm also very conscientious mm-hmm. that we have to keep in mind privacy as it relates to some of the other solutions we talked about around retail and around data analytics and and allowing our customers to have a voice and a say and participating in the collection of this data. If we are a brand and we want to go cashier list or if we want to do eye scanning to increase the efficiency of inventory or displays within the store, the consumer should always be aware of the data that's being um, obtained and they should have a choice. And so a lot of it's implemented, the consumer is none, you know, they're none the wiser, they don't know. They're just like, I just just wanna get out of the store faster. But I think, you know, from an ethical standpoint, the consumer should be empowered with making those decisions if they wanna participate in this. And as brands find that balance between protecting the consumer and becoming more efficient and sustainable and offering the best experience possible, because we do have choices. And so if we keep the customer first, then everyone wins. Yeah,
0: I think it's so important for a, especially a smaller brand to be very transparent because a lot of the larger brands are not transparent, but in a way that definitely helps you to connect with your customer, to be open, honest, and transparent. And honestly, you know, (laughs) this technology now people are so, like now is the time because people are so open to it. Like everyday people are using AI technologies, they're excited about it. So like,
1: you know, if you're using it, that actually could be a plus, you know? That's right. And I think people should understand that you can't replace the personal relationship. And as the artist and the designer, you have the opportunity of creating relationships with your customer. And that's also something that is an advantage. It's the psychological and emotional connection that your art and your designs are, are developing. And how, how do you continue to cultivate that? How do you continue to make those stronger? How do you continue to increase the number of people you have these relationships with? And that's where AI can be helpful again, as a tool. And so, if we understand where where are our strengths, and we amplify those strengths, we use the AI to amplify those strengths. Then, there's never a conversation of replacement. And if for those engineers out there, and <laughs> technologists out there that are building the tools, you know, I get, I caution you to look at your why, and are you trying to replace the human? Or are you trying to amplify the human? And if it's amplification, then we're always going to stay in alignment. And that's a word that we're going to continue to talk about as we move forward as it relates to AI is, is the tool in alignment with our values as humans? So this is an exciting time of evolution and transformation and an opportunity for us to be involved so we have a say and how we want this to develop, and how and where we want this to go, as it relates to these tools. Couldn't have said it better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think mean, yeah, this is great. This was great. Yeah,
0: you know, I always love that we're bringing humanity into the conversation with this podcast because that's that's what it's all about, right? And that's what it boils down to.
1: I agree. I agree. Or you know, if we can't create a better future, then why are we do, why are we even using these tools? Like, you know, um, if we can't improve the existing problems we have, what's the point? And so I think it's so, so important that it stays at the forefront. And especially since we're seeing how quickly the paradigm is shifting. So yeah, I think it's imperative. So I'm always, always excited to touch on that aspect of the show as well. Well, this is a good time for us to pause until our next episode. I think that we could always come back again and, and talk through some specific use cases as relates to fashion and AI to inspire designers and inspire brands and creators and engineers that are playing with these tools or have an interest in integrating these technologies into what they're doing. So I think we can, there's always a conversation to be had as it relates to fashion and AI. So yeah, we definitely should think about doing another episode, diving deeper in use cases.
0: Absolutely. There's so many use cases.
1: Right, (laughs) right. And it it just inspires like ideas like, oh, I never thought about that. Oh, let's do it. Or it'll introduce you to companies that could provide the solutions you're looking for as well. So stay tuned for that because we will let you know when we're going to do that show. And I uh, want to thank our listeners. Always thank you for coming back each and every episode, subscribing, downloading the show, and then also sharing it with those that you feel would like the information as well. So thank you for supporting us. We're super passionate about getting this knowledge out there and helping inspire you on your journey. And again, this is brought to you by the Pink Kangaroo, and that's Kangaroo with the U Podcast Network where we have shows or transformation, both in business and life. So definitely check out pinkkangaroo.com and it's kangaroo with a U. And you'll find other shows, including our Crypto for Creatives show, where we talk all things, Web3, Blockchain, the metaverse. Um, we interview some incredible founders as well. So definitely check out our podcast, Crypto for Creatives. And again, until next time, I am your host, Nova Lorraine. This is Camila Sanders. Until the next
0: episode,
1: ciao. Bye.